Hello? Hey. So we're in our Sermon on the Mount series, and we're pretty excited about today because today's going to be an amazing uh, teaching, and we are really extra pumped about it because we've been traveling uh, week by week through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, which is you know, contains some of the most famous stuff. You've got the golden rule in there. You've got all sorts of different uh, teachings on all sorts of different topics. And we've been working through it systematically throughout the summer. And today is a huge day for us because this is the first time we've had our prayer pastor, Laura Blackman, uh, deliver the sermon. Who's excited about that? Who's excited about that? So this is, this is really awesome. So she's going to come, and you will be able to tell your grandkids someday that you were there the day that Laura Blackman delivered this sermon. Let's, I want to just pray for her real quick before we begin, and would you pray with me? Lord, I pray for Laura. I thank you for her. She's a blessing in my life and in the lives of so many. I pray you just give her the words to say and, and help us to hear. I pray our ears would be open spiritually and our hearts would be open and uh, that we would uh, take away something from this message today that would help us in our walk with you. We ask all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, I'm excited too. And uh, I have spoken before, but I have never preached here. So if, uh, if I end up looking nervous and really scared, someone just shout amen or stand up or get on your knees and start. I'm expecting my prayer warriors just to get on your knees and start praying for me. I just want to, before we start with any verses, it really struck me when Sharon was saying that Moses, uh, God spoke to him in a burning bush. And before Jesus came, so God spoke to Moses, and there was a lot of people we read in the Bible that God spoke to. He wants to speak to us this morning, whether we know Jesus personally. Maybe there's someone here, maybe there's several here that you're here, but you know you don't know him. You don't know him like Susie knows him, and you really want to know him more. But God wants to speak to each of us. And, uh, he, and there's no burning bush on the stage, but I pray, my prayer is that there will be a burning inside you. There will be just something in you. This is for me. This is for me. And uh, I remember a story, and I hadn't thought of this story, because I'm not reading any, I'm going to take these off right now, because I can't see you when I have these on, but I can't see anything when I don't have them on, so it's just off and on, off and on. But, um, so I remembered a story, and this is kind of what doing this means, and I really feel it's, not only am I doing this for the first time, there's some things that God has called each of us to do, whether we're a kid going into grade one from kindergarten, or whether we're a teenager uh, that's going to graduate, or whether we're a young adult starting a new job, or whether we are older, starting to get older, and God is calling us to stay in a job, or whether we're older, older, and God is calling us to retire from a job, he's speaking to us, and all those things take faith and make us scared. Usually we're scared, right? So um, I remembered a story was with Duncan, and we were on an island, and his brother has a, uh, a cottage on an island, and the two brothers, or two, his two sons, they wanted to take me climbing up uh, a tree that they had made climbable. And so they must have taken off the branches. And it was very tall because in BC the trees are tall. And so they showed me how it was done. And I thought, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. I'm strong. I can do this. I'm strong and mighty. <laughs> Anyways, so I began to climb up the tree. And they're on the ground looking at me. And I get up on the tree. 
And all of a sudden, I'm supposed to grab, I'm supposed to jump from the tree and grab the rope and swing and then get down. I thought, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I'm strong and mighty. And uh, anyways, so I'm getting up there. It's really high up. And uh, I get up there and they swing the rope over to me. And now I'm to grab the rope and to jump and start swinging. So I grab the rope. I start swinging and they're looking up at me and I'm looking down at them and I'm swinging. And I'm thinking, I don't know how to stop the swing. <laughs> and uh, I had no idea how to get off. And so they're looking, I'm swinging, and I'm swinging, they're looking up, I'm looking down, and I'm thinking, now what do we do? I'm swinging, I did what I was supposed to do, and now I can't get down. Well, that's kind of what doing this is like. <laughs> I just thought I'd let you know how I feel right now. So, um, yeah, okay, good, ah, good, okay, great, I hear you. So I'm swinging, but I've obeyed the Lord. He put preaching on my heart. And it may be the one and only time, right, Steve, that I preach. But, uh, but hallelujah, I'm preaching and I'm swinging and hopefully I'll get down at the very end. Okay? So, uh, so now I have to read some of my notes to follow them. And uh, my name, I'm Laura Blackman. I'm from a family of five siblings. I have a twin brother. We do not look alike. Let that settle in. Just wait a second. Um, I've loved and served Jesus since I was 15 years old. I've been married to Duncan, the love of my life and my greatest support for 42 years this summer. I've worked at Hillcrest since 2002. I enjoy visiting and praying with people, swimming, art, Bible study, and I love showing the love of Jesus to newcomers to Canada. As Steve said, we're doing a series on flip. Jesus changes everything. And uh, Steve had made a comment when he had preached on loving our enemies. And it goes like this. Admit I'm poor in spirit. I need his power in his life to do this. We need Jesus to forgive our enemies. I'm the first enemy he forgave and loved. Now. Now enter the relationship with Jesus. This morning, the topic is Jesus changes our prayer life. And the passages that I'm going from are Matthew 6, 5 to 15. So I'm going to start by praying. And then we're going to go through the passages. I've got them basically in two sections. And I might be praying while I'm sharing because there's some things on my heart uh, that I really feel God wants to break like bread today. So, Father, I just thank you so much for being here. I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you care for us. I thank you that you're our Father in heaven. And I thank you you say that you're our Father because you want us to know you. You never meant for us to be born on this earth and not know our heavenly Father. You want us to know you. You want us to pray, but Lord, we need you, Jesus. I just pray for that word that you have for each of us. Lord, you have something. You have some bread. You have something to say. Lord, help us to listen. Help us to obey you. Help us to walk out of here going, God spoke to me. God spoke to me. Or I gave my heart to Jesus for the first time. But Father, I just invite you into this sermon. I invite you into this place. I invite you in, Jesus. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'd like to start by reading Matthew 6, 5 to 8. 
And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So what are we not to copycat? Two things, hypocrites and babbling pagans. A hypocrite is just someone who's acting. In this, in this passage here, they're acting like they know God because of all their words. They're, they want to be seen by men. We don't want to be like that. If we don't know God, we need to admit that we don't know him. Babbling pagans. This really stood out to me when I was thinking about these verses and, and marinating in them like steak. Although I don't look like a steak, I felt like, honestly. <laughs> but I was marinating it like steak so that when I came here, I would hear, hear, have an ear to the ground, Lord, what do you want to say? And this word pagans, what on earth does that mean? So the word is not explained, but pagans at that time could have been the Romans. And they used to pray to other gods. Many deities were prayed to. And I'm just going to quote from the internet. Um, correct formula and names were vital. And performing the correct formula and names was sure to bring about the desired result. The gods themselves seemed to have very little say in the matter. Hence, pagan prayer often entailed a set of formulaic prayers to various deities since the prayer couldn't know for sure which deity or which formula was correct. And so Jesus was saying, I don't want you to pray like that. What I want you to do when you pray, go into your room, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who, is, who sees what is done in secret will reward you. He's not saying, go into your room, get a memorized prayer out. Although I, like, I read prayers that are, that are written out, but... I don't read them necessarily every day. There's nothing wrong with that. It's when we're not praying from our heart, when we're holding things back from the Lord. He wants, he wants our heart. He wants us to know his heart. So a formula, it's not about, oh, Lord, in Jesus' name, I just pray for this and I pray for that. And, I, and oh, no, I forgot a word. I have to go back and start from the beginning. I remember years ago when I was growing in Christ, I was really overcome with my sin I kept thinking about it too much. It was like over sin conscious and not God conscious. And I would say a certain phrase a lot. Oh, Lord, I, I pray that you would forgive my sin, forgive my spiritual pride. And it was just like uh, um, something like a mantra or whatever. And, but it was so stuck. And I had to learn to quit praying that. Because it, it was just like I was thinking that I was so unclean all the time. Whereas Jesus, he died on the cross for our sins. And he took all our sins, all our punishment. There was nothing I could do to make myself better. He had already done that. But it was still becoming real to me. It is so much more real to me than it ever has been before. But I've stopped praying that. There's times when, yes, God convicts me of pride and he convicts me of sin. But I'm not, I'm not every day saying the same thing. I'm praying from my heart to the Lord. 
So it's not a formula. So I'm going to share a story, and it's about babbling. And it's a water skiing story. And I rather like this story, and I'm taking off my glasses so I can see you. So um, a few years ago again, I don't know if it was the same holiday as uh, with Duncan's um, nephews, but I'm, we're going to go visit my twin brother, and he's an expert water skier. And I said, Mike, I'm on the phone. Mike, I really want to learn to water ski because I've tried twice and I can't do it. And so Mike said, sure, I'll get a boat. If the weather's good, we'll go water skiing. And so we get there. The weather's good. And he says, yeah, if, if it doesn't rain, we're going to go water skiing. And so I think, oh, that's fantastic. And so we say goodnight. I go to bed. We're going to get up at 4.30 in the morning to go at 5 because my brother and I, we like early. And... Um, and so I get to my room, I go to bed, and then it hits me. What on earth have I said yes to? I cannot water ski. I will never be able to water ski. So all night long, I basically babbled, oh, God, I don't want to water ski. I know I said yes, but I can't water ski. I'd never get up all night long. Lord, 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 Lord. I'm sure I did that. Lord, 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 Lord. Let it rain, 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 rain. And it wasn't, it wasn't the rain from heaven. It was the rain. Oh, God, bring rain, not hail. Bring rain. Bring lots of rain all night long. I don't know. Duncan was probably fast asleep. He probably didn't even realize the torment I was going through. But anyways, all night long I prayed. Babble, 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 babble. Jesus, babble, babble, babble. Anyways, around 2 or 3 in the morning, I don't know what time, all of a sudden I hear rain. It's raining. I hear it. And I'm going, oh, Father, you heard all my babbling. You heard, you heard me. And it's raining. And so I decide to get up and look at the rain. Uh, and so I... I move the curtains and I look, and uh, sure enough, it's not raining. It's phony. It's a phony waterfall that's turned on early in the morning. And it's pouring out of this phony waterfall. And, uh, and I go, God, it's, I have to go do this now. And, uh, but my point is, my point is, all my babbling over and over and over again. Look at that verse. And when you pray, verse 7, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. The Lord didn't call me a pagan that day. I did know him, for they think, but this was right, for they think. I had wrong thinking. They will be heard because of their many words. God wants to change that. It's not because of our many words or getting it right that he hears us. He loves us. So it's our thinking that needs to change. So how many of you would like to see me water skiing? Okay, let's just show it. It's only 27 seconds. I look confident. Okay, so I hope I've made my point. Let's not babble. Let's talk to him, tell him what we need, and trust him. Because what does it say? In verse 8, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. He knew I needed to water ski. It didn't matter how much babbling. 
how much praying, all the words I used. He knew I needed this on my bucket list. This was good for me to face a fear. It was good for me. Sometimes we need to let go of the things we're praying about because God is saying, no, 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 it's good for you. That new job is good for you. No, 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 no. This, that thing that you're scared about but you really want to do, you really want to write that book. Or, or, or if, you're, if you're a young person, a kid here, and you're going to grade one and you're really scared or someone here is going to camp for the first time and you're saying, I don't want to go. Well, God says, it's good for you. It's good for you. Do that thing that's on your heart. It's good for you. Do it scared, but do it. God will give you grace. Amen. That's good. Thank you. (laughs) So when you pray, this is what also stood out to me. When you pray is three times mentioned in this passage. Verse 5, and when you pray. Verse 6, but when you pray. Verse 7, three times, and when you pray. Not if you pray, but when you pray. When you spend time with my Father, This is what will happen. So I looked up the word because when stood out to me. When means if something happens, when something else is happening, the two things are happening at the same time. So what is happening at the same time when you start to pray? It's three things. Your father is seeing what you are doing in secret. Two, your father is promising to reward you Again, not based on how long you pray or the words you use. Your father is knowing what you need even before you pray. What a heavenly father that is. There's times, though, when, we, when, when you pray is not a reality. And in a simple way, I want to address that. It's not your reality. You might pray a little bit in Arabic, shway, shway, just a little bit. That's about, I only know about 10 words in Arabic. I have Arabic friends, and I use them as much as I can because it makes me sound like I know more. So shway, that's it. Or you might not be praying at all because you don't know God. So ask for help. If you want to pray and you can't pray, ask for help. Do not keep it a secret any longer that you are having trouble praying. Why do we hide that? And then we start acting like a hypocrite, as if we are praying. If we're not praying, and we can't pray, because there's a block in our life, and we don't know what it is. It could be depression. It could be that we're grieving. It could be that we need a prayer partner. It could be that we need a prayer team to pray for us. Jesus wants to meet with us. It says... When you pray, those are words of hope. Those are words of faith. I'm so glad he didn't say, if you pray. He said, when you pray. So, I don't know, it's just gotten into my bones. Laura, when you pray. When you pray. Because there's times where it's stuck in my, right here, And I just don't know. A formula would be a lot easier, but sometimes it's just stuck there. And sometimes we're not to say anything. We're just to be in his presence and say, Jesus, here I am. I just receive your love. I need you today. But other times he's saying, I want you to get help. You're having trouble praying. We're not to keep it a secret. So there's times when it's okay 
We just sit in his presence, and there's other times when we need help. So we need, for those of you here that are praying, and you have a good prayer life, watch out for people that aren't praying. Don't just, don't just judge them. They're not praying. How about you go alongside them? Maybe the Lord wants to put someone on your heart to be a prayer partner with. There's, I'm so blessed. There's several people oh, out of the blue. I was so blessed by my friend Linda and uh, Linda Tanyard. She's on a trip in Hawaii. In Hawaii, who thinks of their prayer, a prayer leader here? When you're in Hawaii, I don't know. <laughs> That's a good friend wherever she is, but I can't see you. So anyways, um, she, she sent me a text to tell me that she was praying for me. And she does that often. She'll just send me a text, praying for you. It, I, you know, if I, it almost sounds like music, praying for you. It's just, <laughs> that's how I feel. Like, I just feel so loved when I get that. So that's my word of encouragement to you. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Okay, say you're a young mom. Say you're, you're sick a lot. Where is your room? In this passage, the Greek used here for room is tamion, which means an inner storage chamber or a secret room. But in the context, Jesus is talking about our heart, right? Some, pe some people here, you have a room, that you, a chair, a place where you always pray. But we don't, what if you're on a vacation? Are you going to quit praying? The Lord wants us to pray, to learn to pray wherever we are. I go here because this is how I feel it. Right here, you know, I just, you know, I don't know where the Holy Spirit is, but sometimes I just feel him in my spirit. And, uh, like, he wants to meet with us. So this chair to me, represents that room. So he says, Laura, I want you to come and pray. This could be my car. So I go into my car. Well, I don't do this all the time, but I go into my car, and I drive to Regina, and then I pour out my heart in prayer while I'm being alert, <laughs> right? So I don't cause an accident. But, um, or this chair could be doing dishes. This chair could be in the washroom. This chair could be here today right now. You're praying in your heart. But I need to, there's one thing, a caution though. It's good to pray in the car. It's good to pray while we're doing dishes. But sometimes things collect in our hearts. It's also good to have specific times where we meet with Jesus. It's really good. Our devotion to him is of utmost importance. And if we don't have time where we feel we're meeting with him, it's like he takes us on this journey. And, you know, we may not have a set time at first, but then all of a sudden we just miss him. We start missing God. We know him. We've given our heart to him, but we just miss him. And we just feel like, God, where are you? I haven't heard you. I haven't heard your voice. Well, look at your life. Say, Lord, is there something? Is there something that I'm missing? And sometimes what we're missing is actually going into your room, a specific place maybe. It could be on your farm. It could be in your garden. But it's specific. You've got, you're having a meeting with the Lord. You're sitting down with the Lord. It's specific. You are closing the door to all your devices, to the TV to making notes, to whatever, to doing art, the things that we love, you're closing the door. 
You're praying to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. He promises, but he knows what you need even before you ask him. But he wants to meet with us. He wants to spend time with us because he loves us, right? So what does Jesus say about our Father in heaven? Jesus referred to God as his Father 127 times. Now, I really couldn't put up 127 scripture. <laughs> I did have a lot of notes when I first started, but I, I, didn't, I uh, decided to not put 127 scripture today. I just thought you'd appreciate that. But there's a lot of scripture about the Father. So I'm just going to quickly go through these verses. So what does Jesus say about our Father in heaven? Because we're going against lies, what we think, and what keeps us away from Jesus. We have, sometimes we have a wrong uh, mindset about who the Father is. He wants us to know we are of the highest value to him, Matthew 6, 26. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they he wants us to receive him into our own heart. John 14, 23. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. He wants to assure us that he's got us. Even if we're swinging, swinging somewhere and we're just sure we're going to fall. Your Father knows what you need before you ask him. That's in our scripture. He wants to protect us from the evil one. Luke eleven thirteen. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. He wants to reveal himself to us. Oh, I pray today that God will reveal himself to us today. I pray that we will come to know him as our Lord and Savior. If anyone here doesn't, I pray that we will meet with him, that we will hear his voice, that we will know how much he loves us, how much he cares for us, that he will never leave us and never forsake us. So Jesus wants to change our thinking on prayer. So verse 7, for they think they will be heard for their many words. He wants to replace that lie, that it's my words, my stance, it's how long I pray that brings answers to prayer. He wants to replace it with the truth. But you, I'm, I've said it over and over again, but I'm going to say it again. But you, but you, but you, but you, but me. When you go into your room, that place, wherever it is that you're going to meet with Jesus, he promises, close the door, close the door on the things that are distracting you. Close the door. Even if you're, gonna, you're scheduling just, say, 10 minutes, a 10-minute prayer time with the Word, I find it really hard. Wonderful to have the Bible with me when I pray, pray and read. John Piper, um, I know the other guys have preached using him a lot. Um, he said something really simple, pray and read, pray and read. It just helps you. It helps you to meet with God, to have the Bible right there. And it helps us to stay on track as well. As well. It's good to know the Bible. It's good to do Bible study. But you, when you go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. In light of all these things, we can approach God with confidence. Hebrews 4.16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. 
So before I go into the next section, I have just one more, one more little thing to share about confident, confident approach to God. Um, my husband and I, we are members of Yara, and just recently Yara joined up with the city, so the pool is joined with Yara. And so now I have this beautiful name tag, and with my name and my picture, and uh, that, those black marks, so whenever I go to the pool and go, you know, whatever sound, that's my own sound, but that's how I feel. So whenever I go to the pool, it, it just feels it just feels wonderful because I don't have to pay $7.25 anymore. I've already paid it once a month. So actually, I could go there 10 times a day. I just go, hi, so you can... And uh, over and over and over again, well, I have to stay within the hours. I can't go at midnight and I can't go at 5 in the morning. I'm limited. And when I can approach them and go swimming, but I love swimming. So I, it's just wonderful. It almost feels like it's unlimited, but it isn't. It's limited. We can approach God. There's no limit. There's no limit. You can approach God. You can approach God. When it feels like there's a limit is when we're arguing with him. If we turn our back to him, nope, I'm not going to do it. Nope, nope, nope. I'm not going to follow God. Nope, 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 nope then all of a sudden we don't know why we don't hear his voice anymore, you know. You can approach God. We can approach God with confidence because of what Jesus has done for us. He has taken the punishment for all our sins, past, past present, and future. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that just so wonderful what he has done for us? And he says, come to the throne of grace with confidence. Come and receive grace and mercy Come. You know what? Sometimes I'll hear people sharing about how to give your heart to Jesus. And I just want to run to the front and give my heart to him all over again. Don't you? Like, don't you? You know what I mean? I just want to say, I want to answer again. I think I'm just going to do it. You know, even right now when I'm preaching, my, I wish I could run to the front. <laughs> you know, like God wants us to get excited about giving our heart to him. He wants us to get excited about knowing him. He has a plan for our life. I didn't expect this. I didn't expect to be a prayer pastor. I didn't expect to preach today. But he began putting things on my heart. God has a plan for our life. He has so much. He wants us to be excited about him. What his son, what our father did in sending Jesus. So if you're here today and you don't know him as your Lord and Savior... I would challenge you, I would encourage you that it's not what you know or don't know. If your heart is tugging at you today, you can ask Jesus into your heart today. You can give your heart to him today. And if you're running from God, you know him, but you're running from him, you can come back today. You can. You have unlimited access when you give your heart to Jesus. Unlimited access. You don't need to go, me again. You don't have to do that. Jesus wants, he wants your presence. He wants you to go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret, he will reward you. For he knows what you need even before you ask. So the next section is on the Lord's Prayer. And I'm just going to highlight the things that stood out to me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
I love that. Verse 9. Our Father goes before hallowed. We can't know anything about hallowing God if we don't know our Father. So that's what I just talked about. We need to know our Father. He says, our Father. So what does hallowed mean? We know what Halloween means. We know what hollow means. We know what, what was the other word? Hollywood means. But how many of us know what hallowed means? And it's very simple. It means to revere God, to exalt him above every other name. But it also means something else. And I like this. I like to take these two words. It also means to show off God. Now, when I used to read the Lord's Prayer, I didn't know hallowed be your name was a request. I thought it was just, oh, Lord, I just hallow your name. You were just fantastic. I thought you were above every other name. I didn't know. I didn't realize that when I studied it, it was actually a request. But I still like that. I like doing both. Hallow your name. Hallow your name. Sometimes I find I've been through several trials. Um, I would tell you my age. I usually tell everyone my age. (laughs) But it's being taped, so I don't know. (laughs) So anyways, I've had trials, and I've had happy times, and I've had hard times. When you find out your children isn't going to be, you're not going to have kids, that's a trial, right? There's, There's just different trials that have come my way. Big ones, that was a big one. And smaller ones. I had a smaller trial. And it had to do with some upgrades in our house. And it wasn't happening the way I liked it. And so, I don't know. Something stirred within me to glorify his name. To revere his name above that little teeny weeny trial. So, literally, in my living room, I I, I pace sometimes when I pray. That's probably why I'm pacing here. Because I'm used to pacing at home. And um, I've actually already preached this sermon three times, (laughs) maybe four, because I did it today. And no, I actually preached it. No one was in the room except Jesus and me on uh, Tuesday, and then in the prayer room on Wednesday. And anyways, you're not interested in all of that. But um, so I had this problem. This thing was not happening in my home. So I would praise my living room. Oh, Lord, I just praise you. You are above this. You are amazing. You are wonderful. Why would I even worry about this? Nothing is too hard for you. You are the God of the impossible, just like Sharon said. So I would hallow. That's what it means to me, to hallow his name. To lift his name above the problem. And this year, I feel like that's a real main thing God has been teaching me, is to lift his name when there's a problem. Don't, to not just get stuck in just praying about it and asking about it, but just to, almost like all of a sudden you decide, nope, I've prayed about it. Enemy, there's an evil one. I have prayed about this. I'm going to worship God in the midst of it. So I just would begin to thank you, Lord. I thank you. I thank you for this character flaw in my life. I thank you for this wee problem. I thank you for this person that I'm having a hard time with. Lord, I I just thank you that you are enough. Hallowed. Hallowed. It's a better name than hollow. Hollywood. Or Halloween. Right? We want to know what hallowed means. So we want to pray for God to show off. We want to pray that his name be showed off. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is his kingdom? It's his reign. When there's a kingdom, there's a king. We know it's King Jesus. We want the reign of Jesus. 
the picture you get in the Gospels, as Jesus unfolds the teachings of the kingdom, there's a lot of verses in the Gospels about the kingdom, is that it is both present and it is still future. We want to pray, bring your kingdom, bring your reign fully in people's lives, in my life, in the world. This is a really good prayer to pray for your family. And I've begun praying this for my brothers and sisters that don't know Jesus. But if you have a loved one that is just does not follow Jesus anymore. Start praying this for him. And then ask God for your words. Lord, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, I pray for your will to be done in Michael. I pray that he would see you. I pray that, that your lordship, that he would make you king of his heart. Put their name in. We all have someone in our life to pray for. How do we enter this kingdom? John 3.3, 3, Jesus said, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Jesus forgives our sin and gives us a brand new heart. Ezekiel 11.19, I will give you one heart and a new spirit. I will take from you your hearts of stone and give you tender hearts of love for God. That is what happens when we give our heart to Jesus. He gives us a brand new heart. And his kingdom starts the day you give your heart to Jesus, his kingdom is within us. Jesus comes within us. Give us today, verse 11, our daily bread. What is our daily bread? Or better question, who is our daily bread? So now I've got, I've got some things here. I don't know, I always have to have show and tell. I was like that as a little girl too. <laughs> and um, so I, would, I need um, a volunteer, someone who is a kid. So if you consider yourself a kid, I would like a kid, one kid. <laughs> Actually, I'll take two kids. I would like two kids. Those two girls, oh, no, wait, wait, wait a second. Oh, we got, is that another one coming up? I think so, those two little girls and that girl. Yep, yep, good, come on up. Okay. Hi, what is your name? Aubrey, oh, okay. Why don't you guys come over here? I'm sorry, little boys. <laughs> and what is your name? Kate. Kate. Hi, Kate. And Ellie Rose. Ella Rose. Ellie Rose. Okay. I have a gift for you. Do you know what this is? You know what this is, you guys? This is Cindy Halverson's. Yeah. I should just sit down right here and eat it. It probably would help me. <laughs> cinnamon buns. They are so juicy and yummy. We've had, we have them in prayer ministries. I encourage you to come to my prayer meetings. Yeah. You want to eat well? Come to my prayer ministries. We'll fast and pray and then eat. Okay. So I know this is a funny gift, but are you guys in one family? You are. So I'm going to give this for your family to enjoy. It's a gift. Okay. That's all it is. So you can take it home. And if you want to share it with your mom and dad and your brothers, do you have brothers? Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> you have what? I have one more sister, though. One more sister. You share it with her. And ask and maybe think about sharing it with your parents. Okay. Thank you. You guys can go sit down. Okay. I would like to give you a gift. Okay. And um, have you ever had these cinnamon buns before? Not these ones, but my Nana makes sticky buns. 
Oh, so I want you to enjoy them. It's a free gift. Okay, you're welcome. Good, you can sit down. Thank you. Give us today our daily bread. What is our daily bread? Our daily bread, who is our daily bread? Jesus is our daily bread. Jesus is what we need. And he says, give us today our daily bread. Did I require them to do anything? All they had to do was to come up to the front. And this morning, I read a scripture about daily bread. And I'm just going to read it to you. And I was so shocked because I wasn't sure if we had time. We probably still don't have time. <laughs> Didn't have time, but sometimes you have to make time for things. So Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus, our Heavenly Father, he wants to give us Jesus. And whatever we need on a daily basis. So how do we receive this daily bread? We ask, we pray, and we believe. It's as simple as that. We don't have to do a whole bunch of good works. We ask for our daily bread. And that can mean different things for each of us. Wake, you wake up with anxiety. Oh, Lord, I pray for peace today. You wake up and you're joyful and you just, you're not sure about some things in your day. Lord, I pray for wisdom, daily bread, daily sustenance, daily life. So I'm going to read this scripture, and it's 81, Psalm 81, 13 to 16. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would quickly subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their adversaries. Those who hate the Lord would pretend obedience to him. It's talking about hypocrites. And their time of punishment would be forever. But I would feed you with the finest of the wheat and with honey, from the rock, I would satisfy you. Those buns are just so good that Cindy has made. They're delicious. There's, I don't know if it's honey or sugar. It doesn't matter. Lots of butter. Delicious, delicious, delicious. The Lord has even better bread for us, better sustenance. It's free. I will have to pay for those buns. <laughs> I hope, yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then this is what it says in the message, what I read today. You'll feast. You'll feast on my fresh-baked bread spread with butter and rock-pure honey. I don't know what rock-pure honey is, but I know that there's honey and there's rock-pure honey. And there's bread and there's fresh bread. My friend Angela got back from a trip in Italy, and, um, and she's not able to eat the bread here because of the gluten. But in Italy, she was able to eat the bread. There must be something better about the bread in Italy. Maybe it's Italy. <laughs> yeah. But she was able to eat it. So this bread, you're going to be able to eat it. It's not going to be condemning. It's not going to make you uh, feel that less than. Jesus doesn't do that. He gives us hope. Even if you've done the worst sin in your mind, even if you've failed miserably, even if you haven't given your heart to Jesus because you think you're just too rotten, he has fresh bread for you. He has fresh bread for you. He has Jesus. It's Jesus. He said, I am the bread of life. Come to him. Verse 12. Now I've put verse 12 and verse 14 to 15 together because they're about forgiveness. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. 
How much has Jesus forgiven us? Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. How many times do I forgive? Matthew 18, 22. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times. That's, that seems like a lot in a day. But 77 times. That's over and over again. Over and over again. Over and over again. Okay, what happens when I don't forgive? Verse 15. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I can't add to that. I can't. I can't. If we're not forgiving people their sins, your Heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. I think this is a serious thing that he's saying. So how on earth are we going to forgive someone that has really hurt us? Pastor Steve talked a lot about that when he's about loving your enemies. You would be good to go back and listen to that. Especially if, if I think all of us, if we're honest, have struggled with forgiving. How do we forgive? Because the forgiver lives inside us. When we give our hearts to Jesus, he lives inside us. The forgiver lives inside us. He helps us walk in forgiveness. Philippians 4.13. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus never expected us to do the Sermon on the Mount on our own strength. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ gives us hope that we can forgive that person. He gives us wisdom around people that are dangerous for us, but he also gives us grace to forgive. And verse 13, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I love that, that this verse is in between the verses on forgiveness. So forgive, and then the prayer, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then another verse on forgiveness. Because I think he knows it's a temptation to not forgive. Oh, I'm not forgiving them. No, I'm not going to forgive them. And we, it starts as a little not forgiving, and all of a sudden, no, I'm not going to forgive them neither. And then all of a sudden, you know what? That whole group, I'm not forgiving. I don't like what they're doing. I don't like who they are. We may not say we're not forgiving them, but all of a sudden there's something growing in us, like yeast that makes bread, right? It grows. That's what makes the bread to rise. We want good yeast. We want Jesus to grow in us. We don't want the yeast of unforgiveness to grow in us because it won't end well. We can't limit it to one person we're not unforgiving. It, it grows. It includes other people. But Jesus, Christ in us, the hope of glory, wants to give us grace to forgive. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, here it is. Scripture interprets Scripture, right? So that's how I'm trying to, you know... Um, explain the scripture to you. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. Luke twenty-two forty-one to 42. I love this. It's just about Jesus right before when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, 
Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. I don't understand why he's asking us to pray this, but he wants us to invite him into our temptation. I am so glad it's in the Lord's Prayer because if we go into our room and we shut the door and we pray to our Father who is unseen, but we hold back the area that is most troubling us, we're going to suffer. It's going to hurt more. He wants, he wants to know about our temptation. Oh, Lord, lead me not into temptation. You know, whenever I go to that place, you know what I feel like? I feel rejected. I'm tempted to do this or that. Oh, Lord, you know this happens. This thing happens whenever I go on my phone. Oh, Lord, I invite you into my temptation. Show me what to do. Oh, Lord, you know when I'm with my family. And all of a sudden, I'm tempted to get mad at my sister. I'm tempted to blow up at her. Oh, Lord, I invite you into that temptation. Deliver me from the evil one. I'm really excited that he has that in the Lord's Prayer. But Jesus knew that he was going to die. He told his disciples that he was going to be crucified. And he was going to, um, you know the story. You know the story. He died for us. But before he died, he said, I'm just going to read that again. If you are willing, Father... Let this, take this cup from me. He knew it was God's will. He knew that he was to die, yet he still prayed that. He was so honest. Some of you here, you are taking a step of faith. And you know it's God's will for you to do that, but you're really scared. This is really good example to follow. Bring it to him. Say, Lord, I really don't want to do it. I know it's your will, but I really tell him. Tell him. Tell him how you feel. Don't keep hiding from him. He wants to talk with you. He wants to meet with you. Tell him. Invite him in to everything. Invite him in. So finally, Matthew 5.37 and uh, I think Kurt talked about this verse. But let your yes be yes and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. So I thought of, there was many temptations that I was thinking about this. Because this, somehow I felt this is for this group of people. What is our main temptation? It's to say no when we just say yes. And yes when we're to say no. That is our temptation. And... I remember the, the day I got phoned to apply for a job at Hillcrest. So the, the administrator here phoned me early in the morning, and she said, I really feel you should apply for the job at Hillcrest. I said, oh, oh, oh. I don't think I snorted or anything, but, I, oh. but you know how you laugh sometimes. I, I said, no, I, God has not spoken to me to, to work at Hillcrest. And as I was sharing that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. 
Yes, I did. I did speak to you. While I was saying no to her, yes, I spoke to you. And then he reminded me of the verse that he gave me. And I hung up. I said goodbye or whatever. And then for half an hour, God just spoke to me. I want you to apply for the job at Hillcrest. And it, it just wasn't on my radar. I'd already said no. But I changed my mind and said yes. And I think I'm also a person that sometimes says yes when God speaks to me. And then I'm terrified. I'm terrified. Afterwards, Lord, I really don't want to do it. But let your yes be yes and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. God really wants to use us. He really wants to move us. He really wants us to know him. Today, let your yes be yes. If you don't know Jesus as your savior, I think we're going to stand right now. Everyone, if we could just all stand. Um, if you don't know Jesus as your savior, we're going to pray about that. And then we're going to pray about letting our yes be yes and our no, no. And uh, I'm just going to trust that the Lord has done something in our hearts this morning. But it's really important to come into the kingdom of God to be born again. I'm so grateful that I know Jesus. So together, I'd like us all to pray this prayer of asking Jesus to come into our lives to say yes. And if you have never done that and you do it today, after the baptism, I'll be at the front. I'd love for you to come and tell me that you've given your heart to Jesus. I gave my heart to Jesus on July 15th, 1971, and I never looked back, and I have one more thing to say, and it's not what you know. I knew nothing. I knew nothing. I did not even know about the cross. I knew one thing and gave my heart to Jesus. I, the person that was telling me all about Jesus, an hour and a half, it was the third time I'd heard the gospel, kept saying, he really, Jesus really loves you. And I appreciate what you're saying, Laura, over and over again. And I gave my heart to him, and I was completely transformed. Completely with that, with knowing nothing. It's now what we know. But if he's speaking to your heart today, I would say, say yes today. So we're going to pray together. So if you could just, I'll just say a phrase. And uh, if everyone could say this, say this together. Maybe everyone's head bowed. Everyone's eyes closed. Actually, I'm going to ask if anyone here would like to just raise their hand so I can see you, that you are asking Jesus into your heart. But no one look around. This is just between you and Jesus and me seeing your hand. Is there anyone here? Okay, let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, Thank you that you love me and sent Jesus on the cross to die for my sin. I put my trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Help me to live a life that honors you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now I'd like us to pray. Everyone just keep your eyes closed. And, and uh, I want to pray for you. I want you to put your hands open as if you're receiving something. And I want to pray for you. I want you to think of the one thing that stood out to you. The one thing that stood out to me is our need to say yes. And our need to say no. 
There's a no and a yes needed today. So I'm going to pray for you, and you just give that thing to the Lord, whatever it is that he's speaking to you about. Make a decision today. Make a commitment to Jesus today. There's, there's something that he's requiring of us today, but he's going to do the work. And again, afterwards, there's going to, after baptism, there's going to be prayer people at the front. Please come, and we'll pray for you. So I'm just going to pray, Lord, you see what we need today. You've seen everything that has been said. I thank you, Lord, that you love us so much, way more than we can even imagine. So, Lord, with the things that we need to say no to, I pray today that you will help us to say no to them. And I pray today the things that we need to say yes to, that we would say yes to. I pray that there will be a change in our lives Lord, I pray that your word would just go deep down into us today. I pray, Lord, that when you pray will be a reality, that we'll no longer be saying, I don't pray, but I pray because you help us to pray. I pray that you would just be our bread, that you would be everything that we need, Jesus. So we just thank you for what you have done here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you, Laura, for those words. Now, as you've already mentioned, we 